Hi, Dave Kovar here, and thank you for tuning into the very first episode of The Satori Lifestyle. This podcast I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I'm a little slow to the podcast game. I'm finally here it is. Let me tell you a little bit about it. The whole concept uh, with the Satori Lifestyle podcast is it's we're going we're gonna to be discussing health, discussing fitness, uh, mindsets, relationships, business tips, nutrition, stress reduction, kind of all the things that go into living your life at your very best, right? And so I, I want to start out by talking a little bit about what Satori means. Uh, Satori is a, a Japanese term that roughly translates it means a moment of enlightenment or a moment of deep understanding. And uh, the best example would be is when you kind of wake up, boom, with an answer to a problem you've been facing, right? Like, oh, boom, you got it. Well, that's a Satori moment, right? Recently, uh, my daughter's boyfriend was te- doing a, a card game, I, excuse me, a, you know, a card trick. And, uh, and I saw it and I, he did it one time and I was trying to figure it out. I asked him to do it again. And the third time I figured it out. I was like, boom, it hit me. Oh, I got it. Well, that's a Satori moment. That's what traditionally Satori means. Now, uh, for us, we modify the name a bit. And for us, it refers to uh, uh, being in the moment at your best. And so we've all had a, a time when we performed at our highest level. Chances are you had mental clarity, physical energy, and emotional calm. And, you know, in the moment at the best, that kind of is like being in the zone is the term you hear in Western sports. And the key to high performance is energy fueled from positive emotion, right? So imagine what could it, how would your life be if from the day you got up, the moment you got up in the morning to the moment you went to bed at night, you were at your best. Now, they may, that may not be realistic, but there's plenty of things that you can do to stack the odds in favor of you being at your best. And that's really what the Satori Lifestyle uh, podcast is all about. And, and some episodes, I'll be interviewing other people. Sometimes it's just going to be me talking, and that's what you're going to get today. And today, I'm going to start out with one of my favorite topics to discuss, and that is the mastery mindsets. Now, we design the mastery mindsets over time. And you know what I, what I find interesting, and it's true probably for all of us, is we teach what we most need to hear. And these are things that I'm working on. These There's nine mastery mindsets. And, and the whole concept with these are, is, is it's mental martial arts. And, uh, and how we adopt these mindsets is we we, uh, what I will do is I'll take one and I'll focus on it for a week and then I'll really focus on the next. And once I've been through all nine, I kind of start over again. This is called the spiral theory of learning and it comes from actually from Benjamin Franklin and his 13 virtues. He had 13 virtues that if he felt if he lived with these, these 13 virtues, he'd live the perfect life. So he'd adopt one and he would live with it for four weeks. And at the end of that time, he'd add a second and he'd think about that for the next four weeks and then a third, etc. And what he found is after he got to about three, it was hard to add on a fourth virtue unless he got rid of one of them. And so he'd go through 13, which is a year, right, at four weeks. And all of a sudden, what do you know? He'd be back to his first virtue and he'd start the process over. But each time he'd be a little further along. So that's how I try to apply the mastery mindsets. So I'm going to go through through these and I'm going to talk to each about each one of them. The very first mastery mindset is, I can, I will. And this is about attitude and belief and commitment. And the chances are uh, most people uh, doubt themselves so often about their ability to be able to accomplish something. And if you look back on your life, chances are you can make a list of a lot of things that you doubted you could do that you ended up being successful with. And so why wouldn't that be true with other things that you're currently working on? So the, the, the concept of I can, I will is when you uh, find yourself, your self-talk that you're doubting that you can do something, that popping in your head is that quote, I can, I will. Let me give you an example. All right. So whatever I say, imagine this is you saying this to yourself and your response is I can, I will. Oh, man. 
oh, I'm just feeling lazy today. I don't know if I can work out or not. What's the answer? I can, I will. All right. Another one is, oh man, I'm really nervous. I give giving this presentation at work today. I don't know if I can do it. What's the response? I can, I will. Or, oh man, I don't know if I can eat an apple instead of a Snickers bar. I can, I will. So that's step number one. It's just kind of anytime you catch yourself having doing any stinking thinking or negative, uh, 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 having a negative thought, you remind yourself or doubting yourself, I can, I will be able to do this. That's that's the first one. The second. Mastery mindset is this challenge will make me stronger. And the concept with this challenge will make me stronger has to do with the fact that, that chances are in your life, if you look back on, the, on your biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome, and we've all had to overcome you know, obstacles in our life, chances are you can look back and maybe you're not glad they happened, but you can look back and think, you know, I'm a better person because of that. And and so and and we in most cases this is true. I can look back on the five or six biggest challenges in my life, and I'm grateful for them. Right? I'm a better person. I'm stronger because of those. Well, so uh, I don't know about you, but I've given this advice to a lot of people when they're going through a hard time. I'll say, you know what? You're going to get through this, and you're going to be better off for it. What's different was I'm going through the challenge. Is that it's different when it's me, right? I don't always want to hear that. Well, this is me reminding myself. You know what? This challenge I'm facing right now. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to be better off for it. Now, what this allows you to do is it allows you to objectify the situation and, and be a little more logical and keep in less emotion. It doesn't mean that you don't handle the challenge you're facing. It's not like you ignore it. You do whatever you got to do, but you try to do it from a position of, of the thought process that, you know what, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be better off for it. Okay. Uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes comes from Plato and it's be kind with whom you meet for they are fighting a hard battle. And uh, what I think is important for us to all understand is we all are facing challenges and, uh, and on a regular basis. And when you're done with a challenge you got right now, guess what? There's going to be other ones. It's called life. And once we understand that and we kind of embrace those opportunities as a way to improve, man, great stuff will happen. So that's the second mastery mindset. The first, third mastery mindset is I remain calm even in challenging situations. And what, what do I mean by that? Well, I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times in my life when, when I've lost my cool, right? And I, I want to think about, and, 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 and it almost never serves you. Uh, I want to share a story that years ago, uh, I was probably in my 20s and I'd lost my wallet and I just, you know, I just had gotten a credit card not too long before, right? And I had a couple cards and a bunch of money in my wallet and I was, man, I was distraught about it. And I remember telling my dad how upset I was about this and all the work I was going to have to do to replace all this and, you know, new credit cards and go to the DMV for my driver's license, all those kind of things. And my dad kind of listened quietly. And, and I came back a little while later complaining again still. And he, he stopped me, he looked at me and goes, Dave, uh, I'm just curious, uh, uh, does being angry and upset help? Because if so, you ought to be really angry and upset. But if not, why don't you just calm down and take care of it? And it really hit me. And I've used that so much in my life, right? Like if being, if being angry and upset helps, great. But if not, why don't I just you know, remain calm, right? Even in challenging situations. And I know as a teacher, I want to give an example of like, if I was, uh, and this has happened before, I've got a dozen or so four and five year olds. And it's been a long time since I've been in the trenches working with that age group, but I've done it plenty of times. And all of a sudden, man, you start losing control of your emotion, right? In this challenging situation, does that ever help? Any teacher will say, heck no, man, you got to remain calm. Otherwise those guys will eat you alive. So the key thing is, is to use everyday adversity as a way to develop mental toughness. Because here's the deal. If you can't remain calm in small situations and little things, then there's no way you're going to be able to remain calm in bigger things. So every 
everyday adversity, little things like, uh, you know, you're stuck in traffic and the light is red and you're late for an engagement. That's a good chance because, by the way, it's natural to want to be upset, but does it help? It does not help. So that's your chance to take a breath, look up, smile, and try to remain calm. Because if you can't do it there, then, boy, life or death situation comes up. Chances are you're not going to be able to remain calm either. Okay. And so once you apply this concept, man, uh, it, it's how it's amazing once you think about how often you can apply this. And, and what's interesting for me, when I see someone that loses control of their emotion, like you might see, let's say, imagine some big, strong guy that gets upset and slams a door and, you know, hollers at somebody and screams out. Somebody might look at that guy and go, wow, that's a bad dude. For me, I look at that person, I go, wow, man. Uh, that that person is not a very good in control. I'm reminded of a quote by Ben Zoma, and that is, is, who is a mighty person? And the answer is one who has control of their emotions and can make friends of their enemies. So that's really the concept with this, is, is um, I remain calm even in challenging situations, is, is, is to practice in small things, and then when bigger things come up, man, you're going to be better off for it. Mastery mindset number four is I deflect negative energy. I'm going to say it again, I deflect negative energy. And here's the concept. You know, throughout our day, wherever we are, we're, we're going to come across negativity in some sort. It might be the news, okay? It might be a family member. You know, it, it could be uh, someone you work with or a situation that happened. Who knows, right? And what's important for us to understand is when someone spews negativity, well, first and foremost, we do our best to minimize neg- being exposed to negativity, right? So I, I like, I, for example, I know when, when if I'm, I'm listening to the, the news for too long, especially local news, all of a sudden, man, I, the whole world looks, everything looks stark and dark and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't bring up my mood. There's now, but I think it's important, me personally, I believe I, I need to know what's going on in the world. However, to what extent and how much I need to know about all the bad, terrible stuff that's going on, that doesn't help me, right? Uh, uh, so so the key thing is to minimize the amount of time you spend. By the way, just on a side note, uh, you're probably aware of the fact that, you know, bad news sells, right? That's, you know, people will tune into bad news. And, and there's a reason for that. It's not that journalists are evil people or anything like that. But the reason that we're wired that way is that's really a survival mechanism. You know, it was important for us when, you know, our day-to-day survival was at, at, at uh, you know, uh, you, you know, was was being challenged is if if when the dog barked, uh, you know, in the village, but in the middle of the night, I woke up and and all automatically went, oh, I wonder if the village on the other side of the hills coming to attack. That that is how we survived as a species, as we were prepared and we wanted to hear about bad news so we could prepare accordingly. So what's happened now is that uh, that of course has got us to where uh, you know sometimes we we tend to focus too much on that and it affects everything so I deflect negative energy and and another application of that is when when uh, when someone spews negativity your way do the best to look at them and just not accept it now what I mean by that is if if you're in a, a place of business and and you've done something for your client that was incorrect and you need to fix it I'm not saying you blow them off you take care of it you fix it you make it right but you don't accept their negativity instead of thinking uh, uh, you know, making some, having someone make you feel bad, uh, can you just look at them as they're spewing negativity and just kind of send them a blessing and think, wow, that person's having a bad day. Because the bottom line, it's really not about you, it's about them, right? And you all know somebody that, can, that, that, that handles maybe something bad happens or, you know, they, they handle it in a very calm, professional way, right? And that's the way I'd like to think I would handle that if someone, uh, you know, I was in a, in a business establishment and something didn't go right. I'm not going to, I would like to think I'm not going to, 
you know, holler off the, you know, go off the handle. I'm going to be very calm about it. When someone isn't, that's on them. It's not on you. Okay. So I deflect negative energy. I, a true story. So years ago before GPS, I'm dating myself now. I was in a rental car in Washington, DC, and I had a map on my lap and I was at a toll booth and I was, you know, kind of using two lanes and I should have pulled over to figure out where we're going. But, you know, we've probably all been there sometime in our life. And this horn honk, this guy honks next to me. And pulls up right the side of me that was behind me and pulls up next to me. And it's this, this very distinguished gentleman in a nice suit driving a brand new Mercedes. From the outer sides, a very successful person. And he's beat red and he rolls down the passenger side window and yells some obscenities at me and gives me an interesting hand gesture and then drives off. Now, I, I wondered, was he thinking about me in a half hour, right? Was he still mad at that guy that must have been from California or something? Maybe, maybe not. I know that if he was... He wasn't able to deflect that negative energy, right? You know, in, in other words, he's letting some stranger control him. But on the flip side, if I let him get to me, right, if I let him get inside me and all of a sudden I'm stressed and mad back and, well, guess what? I'm letting this stranger control me as well. So instead, can I just with the way, look, look to myself and when he's giving me an interesting hand gesture, can I go, wow. He thinks I'm number one, and can I reflect, deflect negative energy? I'm reminded about when I was a, a youth, I heard the quote, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Well, that's actually pretty darn good advice. So that's the, the next mastery mindset. I believe that was number four. Number five is just the opposite. I accept positive energy. And, you know, what's the application of this is we do our best to surround ourselves, to be in an environment where, uh, you know, people are like how we, uh, like what we aspire to be like, right? People that are positive and, 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 uh, and, you know, someone's going to support us, etc. That's one of the things that we try to do in our martial arts schools is create an environment where people come in there, glad they came. We make them feel valuable and appreciated. And we try to create this, this, this oasis of, 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 of goodwill and, and harmony and, and, and all those kind of things that make people feel good, right? And so another application of I accept positive energy is the importance of understanding that if someone gives you a compliment, what should you do? The simple answer is you should simply say thank you. That's it. It's as simple as that. I accept positive energy. And so when you when someone gives you a compliment, uh, you know, if you say, like, how often have I done this? I've been guilty of it as well. Someone will say, man, hey, sir, you know, you're, you know, whatever it might be, you're, you're, you, that was a great class, man. That was awesome. And instead of, instead of saying, thank you very much, if I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't that good. It could have been better or something like that. Well, what I'm doing is I'm not accepting their gift. Okay, so someone gives you a compliment, look them in the eye, accept it for them and for you. You know, appreciate, you, allow yourself to appreciate their, their kind th- words, but also allow them the pleasure of being able to deliver those and them to be accepted. Okay, so the, ne- the next one we're at is my word is law. And the concept with my word is law, it's not like, okay, whatever I say, everybody else has got to do. My word is law is, is, is basically sticking to your commitments. Here's what so many of us do is we say something. Yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll get on it when we really kind of know we're not going to do it. Okay, uh, and so the key that my word is law means is that you only say yes to things that you you uh, you mean to do, and whatever you say yes to, you 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 do. Now, what happens is you'll end up saying no a lot more, but you'll end up accomplishing more because what you say yes to, you'll accomplish. Let me give you a good example, and that would be a. Uh, 
working out. Let's just say that I haven't exercised for years and I know my doctor said, you, I need to exercise, man. You know, my body's falling apart and, and I better get on it. So I make a commitment to myself. It's the beginning of January and I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to get up super early in the morning and I'm going to go to the gym for an hour, five days a week, and I'm going to get this fixed. Well, guess what happens? Willpower will get me out of bed two or three or four times. But guess what? In almost every case, occasionally there's an exception, of course, but in almost every case, three weeks from now, I'm back to where I was. Why? Because it was an unrealistic goal that I set for myself. Okay. So more, more realistic would be to say, all right, doctor says I need to get good in shape. And I know I do too. This is what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier than I normally do. And I'm going to walk around the block one time and I'm going to do 10 squats and five pushups. And my word is law. I'm going to commit to doing that for one week. Now that's realistic. Now, what happens is, is I check after a week, I'm able to check off the box, right? And now I can set that goal a little bit more. Now I'm going to get up 20 minutes early. I'm going to walk around the block twice. You get the idea. And all of a sudden, six months later, I'm at a whole nother level because I stuck to my commitments. And how do you do that? By by making your commitments realistic, okay? And and building on them. And, and you know, one of the things about my word is law, how I apply it is that often, let's say, my favorite time to work out is I'm an early morning guy. I'm usually at the gym by 5.15, uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, and it's not like I love popping out of bed at, at 4.45, uh, and, but, you know, it's a habit for me. I've been doing it a long time, so I do it. But there's a lot of times where, man, I, I know the night before I'm going to come up with some excuse. So I'll look myself in the mirror and I'll say my word is law. I'm getting up tomorrow morning and I'm working out because otherwise what happens oftentimes I'll hear this oh I didn't sleep really good or I have a hangnail or, or I feel cold coming on or I worked out really hard I'll uh, you know yesterday I'll work double tomorrow all those kind of excuses that come into my head and somehow when I make that commitment ahead of time my word is law I'll stick to it so I strongly encourage you uh, you know to to incorporate this concept it's really how you develop self-discipline remember self-discipline is it's merely nothing more than doing what you know you should do even if you don't feel like doing Doing it. That's what self-discipline is. And the concept of my word is law will help you to develop a, a higher level of self-discipline. And um, number next, we are cruising along. We're making great progress here. The next one is I'm running my own race. Once again, I'm running my own race. And this is uh, an important concept for me, and hopefully you'll find it valuable as well when it comes to not comparing myself with other people. It's so common and so that people do it all the time, you know, uh, is we care, compare ourselves with others. And what happens when you compare yourselves with others is you look really good or really bad. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a second, not if you're driving, okay, but just visualize uh, I've got my right hand up and I'm holding my right hand to, to the right of me a little bit above head height. I want to ask you the question, is that hand high or low? Well, depends on where my other hand is. Now, if I hold my left hand as high as I can, my right hand is lower. By comparison, it's low. However, if I hold my left hand, you know, knee level, it's high. You guys get the idea. And so, so the key thing is, is instead of comparing yourself with other people, all right, how's the phrase go? If you, if you stepped into, jumped into somebody else's shoes, you'd, you'd very quickly want your own problems back, right? It's kind of like the grass is greener situation. And so instead, what a better choice is to compare yourself with your own potential. Now, what the heck does that mean? Compare yourself with your own potential. It's, it's what you think you can do when you're at your very best. And, and we've all had those experiences where we're in the flow and, and you know, maybe we just went to a seminar or, or who knows, man, we're super motivated and we've got a vision of what our potential is. That's the best time to set it. I want to give you a martial arts analogy. 
Uh, I just had a lousy class. I got beat up by everybody in class. I felt uncoordinated. I banged my shin. My wind was bad. I couldn't remember stuff. I'm driving home after class. I'm feeling bad about my training. Is that a good time to set a long-term goal? I would say no. Uh, why? Because, you know, I'm, I'm not in a good space. There's a great quote that goes like this. Never make an important decision when you're angry or upset. It's like letting a coward lead your army. And so I'm not going to make a good decision about my training. Let's flip it around, though. I just had, like, the best class ever, man. I was flowing nicely. I felt fit. My timing was good. Uh, my wind was good. Oh, man, just everything was going well. I'm on my way home. Now I can get a vision of where I might be if I continue training hard. That's when you set that goal. So that's, that's how you kind of figure out your own potential, right? It's what you believe you can do when you're at your best. And so versus comparing yourself with other people. Now, me saying don't compare yourself with other people isn't going to stop you from doing it. You're still going to do it on a regular basis, right? I mean, but the key is, can you catch yourself and stop yourself in tracks before you kind of let it go too too long? All right, number next, man. Uh, we've got a couple more. We're, we're going great with these. The next one is, I bring value to all my relationships. And I want you to think for a second about the concept of bringing value to all your relationships. I, for me, this is one that, that I, I've been really focusing on more lately because I feel a lot of times I, I, I tend to be kind of in my own world and maybe not aware of the people around me as much as I could. And I'm trying to think, okay, you know, if and now, what can I do? I, yeah, I can bring value to the people around me. Now, there's so many different applications. Certainly family members, right? What can you do? What nice thing can you do? Just totally random and out of the blue. Uh, one of the drills that we, we do in our uh, TNT, our Teachers in Training program, uh, is, is it one of the, the drills is that we, we ask our people to do is do something random, and that random act of kindness for a, a family member, you know, someone you work with or a friend and a complete stranger. And it's always great to have come people come back and, and talk about their experiences. And guess what? You always feel good when you do that, right? I mean, there's never that I can think of a time, uh, you know, when, when I, I went out of my way to bring value to somebody else that I didn't, uh, you know, that I didn't feel good about it. With the exception, is I, if I do it accepting, expecting a thank you. Here's, here's what's really important. You know, one of my mentors, a guy named Nick Kokinos, told his quote was, a mature mind gives without remembering and receives without forgetting. So if you give something to somebody because you want them or do something because you want them to say thank you for that, that's really not a gift. That is an exchange right so the key thing with this to bring value to all my relationships is you just do it you don't do it to get, expect something back you just do it because it's the right thing to do and by the way you will feel great about it right and so what's some applications for me it's like when I'm driving I tend to be I don't, I don't want to say a, I'm not a rude driver but I tend to be a little aggressive maybe I drive fast okay whatever the phrase is is I'm trying to be way more considerate about letting people into traffic in front of me I remember a, a while back I was in a situation where I could let this car, you know, step in a good drive around in front of me or not. And I, I go, man, no, I got to be better at this. So I did. It turns out as she's driving around looking at me, she's turning, you know, left into traffic and I've stopped to let her through. She looks over and she waves and then she gives the double take. And it turns out it's one of the moms of one of my junior black belts. And she, oh, hello. You know, you could tell she was really appreciative. And I'm thinking, I'm so glad I let her in, right? Because it was the right thing to do. But also I'm, you know, it would not have been a good example if I didn't do that. Another example is, hey, man, when you go to the grocery store and you pull a cart out and there's someone behind you, can you just give them their cart? You know what I mean? Give them the first cart and you take a second cart. They'll appreciate it. And it's kind of the ripple effect, right? I remember uh, 
Uh, one time someone paying for my toll in front of me uh, going across the Bay Bridge. And, man, that made my day. All of a sudden I was nice to everybody else around me. So it's kind of the pay it forward concept as well. So I bring value to all my relationships. And, and when that's your mindset, it, you know, man, it just uh, imagine if we all did that, the benefit that would happen. All right, the final mastery mindset is I have so much to be thankful for. And boy, do I, and chances are you do as well. And, and one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to focus on the 3% of our life that isn't right versus the 97% that is. And, uh, and, you know, that's natural. It's human nature to, you know, focus on improvement and things we, you know, that aren't right. But, but can you take a second on a regular basis and program yourself to be appreciative of the 97% of the things that are right? If you're wondering, what are you talking about? Well, chances are when you hopped in the hot shower this morning, you didn't, you didn't go turn on the hot water and go, wow, that's so amazing. Look at this. All I do is switch this button on, this, this knob, and all of a sudden I've got hot water. That's incredible. But I promise you, if you, you know, if you lived 250 years ago and you, you were beamed forward in time and you got to hop into this hot shower, you'd be blown away. You'd be like thinking about it all day, right? Or walking into the, the kitchen, chances are you open up that door in the refrigerator and there's a, a refrigerator full of food. Anything you want to eat, any time of day or night, it's probably there for you right? And if not, it's just because you haven't gone to the grocery store to, to, to stock up again. But man, that's pretty cool. We completely tend to take this for granted. You know, I, I, one of my good friends uh, was, uh, uh, was, I was talking to her on the phone when uh, uh, Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast a few years back. And, and uh, actually, uh, it, when, when I called her, uh, she was, the phone, the water was creeping in her first story of her house and they ended up living in the second story for two or three days and they weren't able to evacuate in time and they had to stay in their house because there was some electrical outage and et cetera, et cetera. And she said the first couple of days were kind of fun because they moved up, they had a fireplace and all their frozen food, you know, they moved upstairs, et cetera, but then it got real old. But what was interesting, it took them a month before they kind of settled into a, another house. And I remember her comment is, man, I just forgot how cool it is to have running water. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't have to have a catastrophe to appreciate what we have around us. Every now and then we just take a little time to go, wow, you know, I've got so much to be grateful for. And, and this is very cliche, but anytime you, something's cliche, it probably means it's worth listening to. You know, it's worth thinking about. To, you know, I have so much to be grateful for. And, and for me, uh, it's so easy to get caught up in, in the things that have gone wrong in the, in the past or worries about the future. And we all do it, but, but I'm striving to become better and better and just kind of being in the moment. And right now at this very moment, man, you know, uh, my, my stomach, my belly is full. You know, I've got I've got friends and family that I've got a great relationship. I've got a, got a career I love. Uh, all those things that I have to be grateful for, and 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 so if on a regular basis you kind of come from that standpoint, man, it can't help but improve your uh, you know the way you view life. And you know, you all know someone that you don't like to be around because they're negative and they're just no fun to be around. And when you when you come from a position of attitude of gratitude, that's someone that also that that's a magnet that attracts people. People like to be around positive people. So I want to review. The, the nine mastery mindsets for you. Number one is, I can, I will. Number two is, this challenge will make me stronger. Number three is, I remain calm even in challenging situations. Number four is, I deflect negative energy. Number five is, I accept positive energy. Number six is, my word is law. Number seven is, I'm running my own race. Number eight is, I bring value to all my relationships. 
Number nine is I have so much to be thankful for. And so uh, I, I tell you what, if, you, if these make sense to you, how I would encourage you to adopt these is take one of these mastery mindsets, if you hope you wrote them down, and decide for the next week, the, the thing I'm thinking about, well, that's going to be a mantra that, you know, I'm going to think about, you know, when, when stuff comes up, right? Maybe, maybe every day, we call it the three by three, and people that participate in our Satori Challenge Program, uh, yeah, three times a day, they take three minutes and they sit down and they just kind of contemplate that concept and how it applies to their life. And then uh, the next week, you apply the next one. And you think about how that applies to your life. And, and uh, I tell you what, there is zero downside. It's all about stacking the odds in favor of your success. And when you can uh, go about your life looking at things correctly, uh, amazing stuff will happen. And, you know, I want to leave you with one comment. And, and, uh, and it has to do with, with uh, uh, if you lived with all the nine of these, you know, mindsets, your life is probably going to be better. You're probably going to be happier. And, and there's, there's a thing called the happiness quotient. I believe it is. And uh, I, I wish I could, I could direct you to where I heard this. I read it somewhere years ago. And I, I, could, I should probably track it down so it's legit. But, but it'll make sense to you even if, if, if I couldn't find and verify where I got it from. Is that people come into the world with their own level of happiness. And let's say there's a scale from 1 to 10, right? And you all know someone in your life that, especially if, if you've grown up with them, they're just happy, man. You know, they're just happier than others. You also know somebody on the other scale that they're never happy about stuff. But what's interesting is, as the research shows that wherever your level is, let's say you came in on a scale from 1 to 10 at a 4, 5, 6, 7, somewhere in there, we all have the ability to move our happiness quotient up or down based on our environment, our education, and our effort, right? And that's what the mastery mindset does. This is you living on purpose. This is deciding, you know what? I'm going to be better a year from now than I am now. And the only way that happens is trying to be mindful of the experiences and learning from the experiences. And that's kind of the idea with the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I appreciate you being a part of the very first episode. If you're still here, thanks for tuning in and, and listening to me. In the future, I'll be, uh, I've got a bunch of really uh, interesting topics. At least they're interesting to me. And I've got a bunch of people that I believe are interesting that you'll enjoy hearing from. So thanks for tuning in and hope to talk to you in the future. Take care. Bye-bye.